Welcome to New Song Radio. Today, as we conclude the five-part series on insecurity, Pastor Fakayo Oluoyini teaches about God's answer for insecurity. He also discusses how we can embrace God's solution and live liberated from the grip and the dominion of insecurity. solution for insecurity. What is God's answer to insecurity? Colossians chapter 2 verse 10. Colossians 2.10. Colossians 2.10 says, And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. What is God's answer to insecurity? God's answer to insecurity is one, your identity in God. That's the first thing. Now, this is not a pun or a sales pitch, because I did write a book by that title, so yeah, you can avail yourself to that, but this is not about that. Knowing who you are in God, the Word of God says we are complete in Him. There's nothing lacking when you're in Him. There's nothing, you don't have any need to compensate for anything, because you're already complete in Him. Let's see what more the Word of God says. In 1 Corinthians 3, 21-23, the Bible says that all things are yours. All means all. All things are yours. Let's read it in fact so you can see what I'm talking about. First Corinthians 3, 21-23 says, Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, that's Peter, or the world, or life, or death, or things present or things to come, all are yours. I mean, so what is there to be insecure about? When you know who you are in God, you don't have anything to be insecure about. Just think about it. You're the prince of the Most High or the princess of the Most High. What, what more could you need? 1 John 4, 4. 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If you were born again today, just today, you have more power in you than the Queen of England if she weren't born again. I don't know if she's born again. You, Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, if the Queen of England is born again, if she is, then she's totally greater than you, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> But back to what I was saying. If you're born again just today, you have more power in you than the devil. You have more power in you than any world leader. Because you can go into your room and you can change the fate of nations on your knees. It's all about what you know, really. Okay, so for example, you got a call from a lawyer and they said, Hey, um, you have this distant great uncle who didn't have any children. And he saw your picture before he died and he willed all his property to you and now you're a billionaire. He, they said now you're a billionaire but you checked your account just five minutes ago and it was still negative $16 because you just paid rent. Okay, fine. But now you have information that you're a billionaire. Now, will you go about with your head bowed and looking seeming depressed because, because of what negative 16 is saying? It could be zero dollars or, or it could be ten dollars but do you carry yourself from that point do you carry yourself as someone who has ten dollars or sixteen dollars in their account anymore no 
even if they come and say hey we're gonna kick you out of your of, of your apartment right now you're like okay let's do it i'm gonna buy this place tomorrow you'll see because you have a confidence because of what you know right because you now know that psh, you're now a billionaire it's the same way when you know who you are in christ when you know who you are in god you are not just tossed back and forth by any good old thing and any good old insecurity so that's the first answer that God has for insecurity because insecurity with all its constituents is actually a symptom of an identity crisis moving on the second answer that God has for our, for our insecurity is the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is the custodian of all God's love Romans chapter 5 verse 5 Romans 5 verse 5 the Word of God says that hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost is the custodian of God's love now why is that important because love is a solution for insecurity because when you know that there's someone who loves me and loves me unconditionally it can really really nourish your soul besides the word of God says and like I said insecurity is a kind of fear the word of God says in because 2nd Timothy 1 7 it says God has not given us a spirit of fear okay but then he says instead of fear he has given us a spirit of power and love and of his, of his sound mind and that spirit of power and love and of his sound mind is the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit, when He comes into your life, He empowers you. He says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Acts 1.8 You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in, in uh, Judea, in all Samaria, and at the uttermost parts of the earth. That power there is, is a dynamic kind of power. If you harness it, it's not just something that you sit down at home and then you begin to take all this abuse by insecurity. Insecurity is just raining and ruling over your life. There's this explosive power inside of you that rebels against anything that tries to subdue you. By the time your insecurities are coming and they're beginning to try to subdue you, this power on the inside explodes out of you. Something inside of you rebels, and, you, and when you when you latch onto that, you, there's a, a holy anger that wells up inside of you. You're like, no, I'm a child of God. And that's the Spirit of God doing that. The Spirit, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirits that we are sons of God. Amen. And so, the Holy Spirit, who is the custodian of all God's love, is the custodian of all God's power, is the custodian of the soundness of mind. He is God's answer again for our insecurity another answer that God has for our insecurity <laughs> is a head-on confrontation with it you're, if you're a child of God and being ruled by your insecurities <laughs> God will orchestrate conditions such, such that you and your insecurities come head to head with each other you go head on with them god puts you in a room with your insecurities that uh you know when i was living in dc i'm not exaggerating god is my witness when you got into my kitchen you stretched your hands like this 
one hand is touching one wall the other hand is touching the other wall how they found a gas range small enough to fit in that corner I, I, I do not know I just I simply it's still a mystery to me till today a gas range a fridge how they were able to fit all those things in there I'm still thinking about it how did it happen I have no earthly clue in fact they had to fit the fridge in such a way that when you open the fridge <laughs> if you were opening the fridge and someone was trying to come inside the kitchen they couldn't do it that's how small it was God puts you in a room like that with your insecurity so that you cannot es- there's no way to escape it's you- so only one of you is coming out of that room alive but that's how God does it he brings you head on with insecurity Psalm 66 verse 12 Psalm 66 verse 12 it says you have made men walk over our heads you've taken us through fire and through water but you've brought us out into our wealthy place that passage there that verse it implicates God it accuses God of being the one who causes men to walk over our heads and who causes us to walk through the fire and through the water God how could you let this happen how could you do this to me men are walking all over my head this is very very shameful but God is like you have to get over yourself you have to get over this insecurity and the only way you're going to get over it is to face it head-on Job chapter 3 verse 25 oh my goodness Job said the things that I feared greatly they've all happened to me when a man says something like that the things that I feared greatly they've all happened to me what, what is he saying think something more that can happen yes I'm done already that's kind of what Job was saying here Job was saying listen guys everything that I feared has already happened to me now I'm a man who's been emptied of his insecurity and sometimes that's what God does God allows you to come face to face with your insecurity so he can deliver you from it and I shared my stories with you two of them yeah God brought me in those situations so that I could be I could overcome my insecurity and some of you you're going through right now in a situation where God is having you confront your insecurity don't think God has forsaken you or forgotten all about you and you're doing something wrong or you're no God wants to set you free from your insecurity that situation you're going through right now that is making you feel uncomfortable and you don't want anybody to know about it and everything it's because God wants you to come out of it and be confident he wants you to be free from your insecurity and so God God allows you to go through some of these things not because he's forgotten about you or he's forsaken you or no 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 he, in fact he orchestrates those situations so that you can face your giants so you can face your insecurities and you will not escape from them until you defeat them so defeat them already and the situation will be as good as over the distance between you and the breakthrough you're trusting God for for some of you is that insecurity you have to win over it God has locked you in a room with that insecurity and it's like only one of you will come out so you can decide to be like Saul whose insecurity survived him or you can become David who survived his insecurity destroyed his insecurity and came out of the situation and then he said you've caused men to walk over our heads you've taken us through fire and through water but you've brought us into our wealthy place the word of God says after you have suffered a while God will settle you he will establish you he will strengthen you 
that will be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm here with Pastor Fikayo Oluayini, who's been in the midst of a five-part series yeah. on insecurity. And before we wrap up the teaching, we wanted to take a few questions. So, Pastor, as you've talked about insecurity, one of the things you've noted is some of the symptoms of insecurity. And I must say that that I was surprised. I'm surprised that loss of focus or uh, poor impulse control are symptoms of insecurity. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yes. Uh, thank you, Terry. When we look at the story of Saul, we see the picture of a man who loses focus and to just help us understand it better, I would I would say this. Because of how invasive insecurity is, just imagine yourself looking at anything, a bottle, a pen, um, a sheet of paper, and just staring at that long enough. Very soon, your focus just zooms into that thing alone and you don't see anything else. And that's how insecurity is. It's, it presents itself in front of us, distracts us, and absorbs all our attention until we lose focus of everything else. Uh, that's very helpful. Are these always symptoms of insecurity? So if I have trouble focusing, if I uh, sometimes don't have the right perspective, if I am inattentive, I mean, couldn't I just have ADD or something? Is it always a symptom of insecurity? Right. So it could be many things. And insecurity doesn't always have to present each of these symptoms. There are lots of symptoms that we discussed in teaching uh, over the past four weeks. But insecurity could be one, ten, or, or more of these symptoms. It doesn't have to be everything. What we are trying to do is present to us from the Word of God some of the things that we could be experiencing as a result of insecurity. And sometimes we just have to look at ourselves and Try to diagnose yourself. If what is really going on is insecurity, is insecurity what is causing this in my life? Is insecurity what is causing me to lose focus? Am I so focused on my insecurities that I cannot see anything else because I'm taking a look at just my insecurities and that's all I see? Am I hypersensitive because of insecurity? And am I finding it difficult to take advice from people because I'm hypersensitive because of my insecurity again? So it, it, it could be other things but it could also be insecurity. Chances are that it is insecurity. And so since it can be other things, uh, what are some ways that we are able to discern when insecurity is at work or when it's something else? We're able to discern if we take the time to stand back and take a look at it. Uh, I think one of the things that we talked about was addressing the root of our insecurity and not the symptoms. So if I am feeling envious of someone, or I have difficulty concentrating at work. Um, I'm losing focus because every time a colleague of mine comes by, I'm, I'm, I'm intimidated by them or so on and so forth. And I decide I'm going to step back and take a look at what's going on with me. What, why am I feeling this way? Why am I reacting this way? Sometimes if we step back from the situation and we observe ourselves and, and try to track where our feelings are coming from, where our responses are coming from, we can trace it back to insecurity as long as we know what it is, what insecurity is, that is. You mentioned another symptom of insecurity, amplified vulnerability to temptation. Yeah. So what does that look like? Amplified vulnerability to temptation means that you are more susceptible 
to temptation, you are more vulnerable. And insecurity strips us of our defenses. For example, I, I gave an example during the teaching. If someone asks you, where do you work? Where are you working these days? Instead of saying, I'm still looking for work, you know, because you, you might be ashamed, you might lie. And you might say, well, I just, I'm just um, working on this contract right now. Or I work with some big company and some long job description that no one could ever find on the internet or remember. Um, you, you, you are more vulnerable. You're in that vulnerable state because insecurity has stripped you of your defenses. And you're just you're naked and ashamed. So you become more vulnerable. The enemy will pick at your insecurity to try to get at you. In scriptures, when the enemy tried to tempt Jesus, it was with insecurity. If you are the son of God, then do this. If you're the son of God, then do that. Same thing with Adam and Eve when he tempted them. He told them, God knows if you do this, you will be like him. So again, this is insecurity we're talking about. It's, it's something that seems so harmless, but could be very, very deadly. Yeah. You know, there's some other symptoms here that I, uh, I find interesting. One is comparison with others. Isn't that a pretty natural thing to do, to compare yourself to others? So help me understand why that is a reflection of insecurity. Yeah, it's, it's natural for us to compare ourselves with one another, but that's the point. Uh, the, the natural state of the fallen man is to be insecure. Uh, and insecurity, like I said, is the first symptom of the fallen man. So yes, there are lots of things that we do that are natural, but doesn't mean it's godly. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask about fear of rejection. I, ha I have a feeling I'm going to get a similar response, but I, I think most of us fear rejection. Uh, and that too is a symptom of insecurity? Yes. So fear of rejection is, again, a natural sentiment. But I, I suppose what we do with the, with the fear of rejection or, or whether or not we allow it to control us and our decisions is where it really comes into play. If you're afraid of rejection to the point where you're acting out of character, you are you're making really awful compromises. You're you're doing all these things just to pander to your insecurity, then that's where you're really having a problem. But yes, it is a natural sentiment to fear rejection, but it shouldn't control us. It shouldn't rule our lives. Yeah. It's very helpful to have that concrete information about um, when fear of rejection might actually be a problem and represent insecurity. Pastor, thank you for your uh, insight. We really appreciate it. Part of the teaching tells us that uh, insecurity can lead to a lot of negative things. It may hinder God's best for us, uh, leaves a lot of victims in its wake, and it leads to idolatry. I'm, I'm very curious if you, when you say it leads to idolatry, what that means. I think when I read the word, uh, there's lots of idol worship in the Bible, but I don't really see that kind of idol worship in the word today. So what does that look like today leading to idolatry? Thank you. That's a really good question, as, as a matter of fact. So idolatry is when you exalt anything to the place of God. And what insecurity does is that it exalts self to the place of God. We, we become self-absorbed. Tremendously so. And it's, it comes in the way of our relationship with God in a, in a really big way. I, I shared a story while we were teaching about how I really struggled in my undergrad career. And that was one way in which God exposed to me some of my insecurities. When I began to experience problems in my undergrad, that was all I saw. I, I, I still serve God. I, I still worshipped God and everything, but 
my insecurity was was the bane of my existence and it was the only prayer point I had in those days. That's the only thing I prayed about. If I wanted to intercede for someone, I would always end up coming back to my insecurity, praying about, Lord, help me in this situation. If I wanted to worship God, I couldn't do it for long without remembering the situation that, that I was in and praying about it. And that was all I really saw. And we were going into some detail about that uh, in, in the last teaching where we discuss why God wants to heal our insecurity. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much for all of your insight and for answering our questions. Thank you, Terry. So we want to make sure that if you have questions, uh, please know that you can put them in the comment section. We'll be taking a look and we'll make sure that the, the pastor answers them in the next interview. Let's talk about embracing God's solution. How do we do that? Number one, you identify your insecurities one by one and eliminate them at the roots. Don't eliminate or don't seek to eliminate the symptoms of your insecurity, your jealousy, your envy, your, your um, restlessness. And say, well, I'm going to just take a tranquilizer so I can sleep at night. I'm just going to take an antidepressant so I'll be fine. Don't seek to eliminate the symptoms of the insecurity. Eliminate the insecurity itself at its roots. And in order to do that, you have to identify what you're insecure about. What is it I'm insecure about? Why am I insecure? And so, the Word of God says, Romans 12, 2, it doesn't say take a pill and feel better. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do the hard stuff, which is transform this person. Don't, don't try to fix one issue here, or one issue there, or one other thing. Transform the person. Do the hard thing by the renewing of your mind. Change the way you think. Let your mind be renewed. So identify and eliminate your, your insecurities at the root. Number two, use God's word to combat insecurity as Jesus did. All the temptations that, that Jesus faced in Matthew 4, Luke 4, they were all based in insecurity or targeted at insecurity. If you are the son of God, prove it. Prove yourself. That's someone trying to pick out your insecurity. And say, well, of course I am the son of God. Don't you know who I am? But Jesus didn't do that. He just answered with the word of God. In order for you to do that, you actually have to have the word of God inside of you. And I've told you before, it doesn't matter how you get it in, just get it in. Listen to it. Read it. Let someone read it to you. Church, what? Whatever it takes, just get this thing inside of you. That's all that matters. As long as this stuff is inside you, you're good. Because you've got to have this thing inside you. It has to enter into your heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. The word of God has to be inside of you. And when the enemy tries to squeeze you, what comes out of you is the word of God. You start by reading the word of God to know it. Then you meditate. Then you study then begin to profess the word of God. What you've, you've ingested, begin to bring it out. Speak the word of God always. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Not out of your mind or your heart, but out of your mouth. That means you must continue to speak the word of God. Always speak the word of God. 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show yourself approved. Unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed or needs not be insecure, rightly dividing the word of truth. You've got to study the word of God. All right, and then don't just study the word of God and say, I've studied the word of God and I can quote scriptures. No, don't just do that. Also believe what you've read in the word of God. 
and believe it by practicalizing, practicing the things that you've seen in the Word of God. If you truly believe, then do. James 1, 25 says that you should not be, you should be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And then he began to go further and talk about, you know, the analogy of a man standing in front of a mirror and seeing himself and then leaving there and returning there exactly the way he saw himself. He didn't fix anything, just left the mirror as he was. And when you are, when you are a doer of the word of God, you look at yourself in the word of God and you practicalize what the word of God says. So don't just read the word of God, also believe what you've read. Identify your, your insecurities, answer them with the word of God. Believe what you're saying. Oh, and by the way, from now on, whenever you're dealing with insecurity, don't keep your mouth shut. Don't just keep quiet and say, I'm, I'm internalizing, I'm dealing with it inside my heart. Don't do that. Even Jesus didn't do that. Okay. So, And I don't think there's anyone here who is greater than Jesus. If you're here... And you're greater than Jesus. Let me see your hand up. You're greater than Jesus? Anyone? No takers? Fine. Now, if Jesus did not internalize and keep quiet when the enemy came to tempt him in the area of insecurity, then you shouldn't either. You should open your mouth and say something. Even if you have to leave the conference room and go to the restroom and say one or two scriptures and then come back charged up. And some scriptures are like, you know, fast chargers. Just go, just say one or two, you come back and everyone is like, what happened to you? But don't just keep quiet and say, no, you know, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, I'm saying the word of God in my heart. No! So don't keep quiet. It's a total trick. You have to be able to speak. Because God speaks and he, he upholds all things by the word of his power. You also, the child of God, your words carry power. So if, if the enemy is able to silence you, which he will it will be to his great pleasure to do so, then he would have gained a really great victory. But you shouldn't let him gain that victory. So, don't just keep quiet. Always speak. And then, pray frequently. It's not about praying about your insecurity and say, Lord, I'm insecure in this area. Please help me. Lord, I'm insecure in that area. Help me. Which you should. Don't do it too much because if you do it too much, then that's all you begin to see. That insecurity. But, once in a while, of course, you can always bring it to God. You can talk to God about anything. He's your father. However, this praying I'm talking about here is about just praying. Just pray about everything and anything. I can tell you many stories about prayer. and Some of them personal. Prayer is powerful. It works because God answers prayers. It's not about what you're praying about so much as, as it is about you being in prayer. Just pray. It doesn't matter how or what you're praying about, just keep on praying about everything. Pray in the Spirit, pray in understanding, continue to pray. And so prayer is another thing that helps with insecurity or that, that helps you embrace God's solution for insecurity. Philippians 4, 6 says that um, instead of being anxious, you should pray. And then finally, practice gratitude because gratitude gives you perspective so instead of comparing yourself with other people instead of saying well this person has so much and i don't have that much when you practice gratitude you do not see so much the things that you do not have or the things that are not going your way as much as you see the things that are going your way there's something for which you're grateful that subdues whatever whatever is rising up inside of you trying to make you feel insecure that's why the Word of God says, instead of being anxious, you should pray with supplication and thanksgiving. So when you're grateful, 
you're not looking at what you don't have, you're looking at what you have and, and you're thankful for what you have. Now, I've prayed for you that, you know, from the beginning of this teaching, I prayed, I continue to pray that God will help you to get it and um, to stop treating your insecurity like a pet, to stop making excuses for your insecurity and say, well, you know, I'm this way because my father did this or my mother did that. Um, that's just who I am and I just need to you know, make peace with it and just have to come to terms with it. And actually see it for the horrifying little monster that it is. 